This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Take a minute podcast from Odyssey Sports. I'm Craig Hoffman. That is Logan Paulson. Uh, we'll do more on the quarterback position overall tomorrow. But let's get into offensive line. Sure. Um, really interesting group. Uh, we came in kind of thinking there were three tier one players like hmm. and i don't know what and I, i'm using tier one as a generic term here yeah. uh not as like uh hey i put grades on them sure. there's a, a line at 92 and that's that's when we drop off from tier one to tier two but there's a group of three that were all kind of equal at the top and then there's another group down that's got somewhere between you know three and eight names in it let's say sure um where, where are we after this combine and, and how confident are you that one of those top three are going to be, be available for washington at 16 yeah, so I think let's just talk about the top three. So Paris Johnson came in and he didn't run a 40, but he did all the field work and he measured. And so he measured at basically six seven, so six six and three eighths, two hundred and eighteen pounds. He had thirty six inch arms, which is three, like three eighteen, not two eighteen. Three eighteen, excuse me. Yeah. And he had thirty six and a quarter inch arms, which is insanely long. Like Dewan Jones has the longest arms ever measured at the combine. I think there were thirty six and a half, you know. So he's like shorter longer arms he's twitchy like a twitchy athlete on the field moving around he strains a little harder than i'd like but he's young he's like 21 just turned 21 so i to me it's like he's the guy like you don't like tackles like that don't come along every year from a physical standpoint is his film raw yeah he played guard last year this is his first year playing left tackle but you know if you're taking a swing at a guy in the top 10 like that's the guy so i don't think he's gonna be around honestly um he'll be he'll be gone like Atlanta, if they don't take uh, Robinson, Tennessee, you know what I mean? Like one of those teams will take a swing on him. Uh, Skaronsky is the guy from Northwestern who, I don't know, I was a little disappointed with his performance. Like everyone was telling me he was this tremendous athlete. He jumped well, 34 inches. I think he had like a 9 or 10-1 broad, which is good for an all-lineman, and had like a 5-140. Field drills, he was a little stiffer than I thought he'd be. Um so a little disappointed. I think he's probably like in my mind a guard now. So I think he probably slides a little bit. And I think he's probably there for Washington at 16. Or there's an opportunity potentially. You know, I know Mike Renner mentioned him last week when we talked to him. And I think that's probably more likely now than it was before. Now his tape is impeccable. He has one of the most flawless sets I've ever seen. His hand placement's excellent. His anchor's excellent. So it's kind of like playing he's playing left tackle. Playing right? left tackle. Could he, could he potentially slide over to right tackle at least for a year and then pop over to left? You know, if Leno, you move on from Leno. Yeah, after next year. He strikes me as a guy who can kind of do a little bit of everything. Like they brought him in to play center. He played guard. He played tackle. Um, I will say his, they do pass sets right and left. His stuff on the right didn't look as crisp as his stuff on the left, but think about it. He's taken 
you know, yeah, 5,000 pass sets on the left. So he, I like his film a lot. So I'm willing to kind of like push some of the athletic and they're not, they're not even that they're concerns. I just thought he was going to be like a hyper athlete. I thought he was going to be like a sub five guy that, you know, the vertical matches up, that the broad was going to be, and I thought the field work was going to be awesome, but he was a little stiffer than I would have liked. So take that for what it's worth. Um, but I think 16 was good value for him. Broderick Jones is the other guy from Georgia and I've not been super high on him. I think uh, the NFL is kind of it with me on this. I think he's probably the best athlete of the group. I think he ran the fastest 40 or one of the fastest 40, like four, nine, eight, something like that. Um, he measured in taller. He was six, five and a half, and he was listed at six, three in college. And he came in at like just over 300 pounds. He ran well, stiff in the drill work. Um, and I think as a result, I would kind of bump him down. The other thing about his film that really bothers me, and this is something important for fans listening is pass protection is the thing you're drafting that guy for as much as people want to say, he's not a great run blocker. Like, so Broderick Jones is excellent in the run game. His pass protection stuff is a little bit up and down partially because he's a little bit high wasted when he pass sets and he has a hard time kind of anchoring, you know, like you can visualize that, right? Craig, someone who kind of is a little bit mushy yeah. in the middle and not great with his angles. Again, only played 19 games in his whole career. So you kind of yeah. say, well, there's a high upside play there. I think he's, I would push him down, but if you're betting on potential and betting on upside, then you probably flip Skaronsky and him at 16, just to give you an idea of what's going on there. Um, and then you mentioned that next tier of guys, that's like uh, Darnell Wright from Tennessee, who quite frankly looked excellent, like looked very twitchy. He was big. Um, you know, he just looks smooth in all the movement drills. They do like a wave drill where they point and direct the offensive lineman. And he just was gliding everywhere, backpedaling like a DB. And you're just like, awesome. But the guy in that second group who probably helped himself the most is Anton Harrison from Oklahoma. And mm -hmm. he's like a basketball hyper athlete and talk about an excellent pass protector and a terrible run blocker. Like that's exactly what he is. He's like, <laughs> he's a, he's a puppy needs to grow into his body a little bit. Um, but he's got the pass pro down and he's a guy that can play left athletically. So naturally he's going to bump up a little bit. And he's the type of guy that when you, you, you mention him to a bunch of scouts, they all, their eyes all kind of light up and there's like a little bit because the upside's there. There's like an elite athleticism there, an elite understanding of pass pro that gets scouts and gets coaches excited. So I think a lot of people in mock drafts, you're not going to see a name like that at 16. I think that's still a little high for him. I think that's high for Darnell Wright as well. But if you're going to trade back out of that group, like kind of in that 18 to 25 area, I would not be surprised to see either one of those guys go. So if, if that makes sense. No, that's, that's good insight. And it's interesting. Like, you know, fans are starting to do like the, the draft Nick fans yeah. uh, are starting to do a lot of their own, like, you know, check out my mock draft. And I'm yeah. like, how are you drafting guys seven rounds deep? How, yeah, got, it's crazy. Y'all got work to do. Um, but <laughs> you know, if you watch a lot of college football and like you read a lot of stuff, like you can, you can know, I mean, it, it's interesting too. Cause like at this point, I'm like, I don't watch a ton of college football, but I know a lot of these names, yeah. um, you know, guys that, that are getting looked at in the fourth, fifth, sixth round, uh, for Washington. But, um, I've seen a lot of people mocking trades for Washington at 16 yeah. and Mayhew talked about it a little bit last week. Um, he's like, you know, for value purposes, what you find is when you trade up, like you better be right uh -huh. because you're obviously moving up for a guy that, you know, that yeah. you're higher on than everybody else. And so if you're right, like, sure, it can work out. But like from a value sense, trading back tends to be a lot more successful of a plan. And I think for Washington, especially getting or not having that their their natural third round selection because of the Wentz trade, 
that's they would love to recoup yeah. that. Um, they have a third round selection, but it's basically a fourth. Like it's an early fourth um, because it's a compensatory pick at the end of the round um, that comes from the Brandon Sheriff uh, contract signing in Jacksonville. So I think that for them, a trade, especially if those three guys are gone, a trade back into the 18 to 25, take your guy uh, out of the next group, like makes a lot of sense because the way this draft could fall, um, there's going to be some potential guys available that don't like, there's going to be some edge guys, for instance, that might fall into that range. Let's say like miles Murphy starts falling into that range. There's yeah. going to be another team that wants miles Murphy and the commanders should not draft miles Murphy. Correct. You already are overloaded at that position. Um, now would that make it easier to trade sweat or young? Sure. And if you want to make that argument, like, I guess I'll hear it, but like, let's say miles Murphy or Tyree Wilson, who I've seen mocked as high as three, but like, let's say one of those, those guys that's not Will Anderson starts to fall because all the alignment and all the corners start to go and there's a run on those positions. Well, now all the guys, the commanders wanted are, are off the board and you're sitting there going, we're a little rich for the guys that we really want, but yeah. someone else wants whatever. So I, I think that that's, that's really possible. Well, another thing I wanted to bring up here, yeah. then you kind of alluded to this is like, how do you tier your draft? And what I mean by that is like, what are your buckets of players? Right. So like, right. let's say, let's say for example, like for me, just after the combine, and again, I got to go back and watch some film and kind of continue my evaluation, talk to people, whatever. So right now it's like Paris Johnson, maybe Skaronsky are in the same bucket. Right. So if you have an opportunity to like get one of those guys, great. But then you get to your second bucket, which is some guys we just talked about. It's, you know, the Broderick Joneses, the Anto Antonio Harrison, um, Darnell Wright, uh, Dewan Jones from Ohio State, the big guy that everyone's been talking about. They're kind of all in the same bucket. So if it's 16, you can pick four of those guys. Technically, you could probably trade like six or seven spots back and be relatively confident you're going right. to get one of the guys from that bucket, even if there's a run on tackles, right? Which is kind of what they did last year with Jahan Dotson. Like, you know, there was a lot of good information saying they liked Chris Olave. But if you have Chris Olave and Jahan Dotson in the same bucket, right? Mm -hmm. And you know that, you know, there's probably three or four other receivers you like there. You trade back and you can still get someone from the same bucket, then it works out fine. So that's kind of what you're, what you're talking about, right? Like trade back, get into the right bucket, get into the right guys you want to talk about. And then, and that, that applies to positions across the board. So we're talking about offensive line here, but the NFL team will bucket, you know, like in that first bucket, let's say Paris Johnson and, you know, Christian Gonzalez is a corner. They're in the same bucket. Right. So like, if I'm trading back, I want to make sure I can get one of those two first bucket players, right. As, and then second bucket, third bucket, all the way down. And as you go, obviously the bait, the buckets get bigger and bigger because more people fall into the fourth bucket as opposed to the first bucket, right. Cause those are the the big time right. kind of game changing players. So I think that's kind of what to think about is that in that second bucket, there's probably, I mean, there's four tackles we just mentioned. There's, uh, I would put Matthew Bergeron in that same bucket. So there's five guys in that second bucket that you feel for tackles specifically that you feel mm -hmm. pretty good about. Right. And I think, um, you know, I would put uh, Jalen, um, uh, the kid from Maryland, I forget his last name, uh, Jalen Duncan in a, in a third yeah. bucket, but like that's a five guy bucket right there for, for just tackle that you're saying, as long right. as we can and hit one of those guys at 48, or if we trade back, then you feel good about it. Right. Um, eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. 
It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Are there any guards that go in that same bucket? Or is guard two not quite as valuable as tackle and thus doesn't qualify for those top two buckets? Yeah, so I think think there there would be a couple guards potentially in there depending on who you talk to. So um, obviously there's the big fella from Florida, uh, Osiris Torrance, who when you watch his film, he's not hitting a lot of home runs. And what I mean by that, it's like not a lot of knockdowns. The pass pro is a little bit messy, but he just wins reps. Like he just is in the good position. You know, he went against uh, the number, the guy from um, Georgia, Jalen Carter, and kind of mm-hmm. just locked him down. And so you say he it wasn't always pretty. It was kind of messy. He's fallen down sometimes, but he's consistently winning pass protection reps and in the run game. And so I don't know if I'd put him in that tier two, and again, this is where you get weird with positional value. Like tackles are inherently more valuable than guards, right? So I think he's going to, I think Torrance is going to slide down. I think he's still a good football player, right? In that same kind of guard bucket. So whether that's two for you or three because it's guard and positional value, we talked about that with Mike Renner a little bit the other day. Um, there's Steve Avili from TCU, who's excellent. He moves very mm-hmm. nicely, had an excellent field session. Cody Mock has been very, very impressive. And a guy that I'll just throw in there because I watched this film a little bit and he was excellent on the field is LSU guard, Anthony Buford. Now, no one's talking about him in that, in, in the third bucket or that second bucket for guards for, but me, um, I think there's some off the field stuff going on there. And that's probably why you're in that situation. But again, there's four guys right there that you're like, Oh, okay. And then the, there's centers in there too. There's Schultz, there's Tippman, there's, um, Whipler from Ohio state. They're all probably in that same bucket. So think about it. that's like 10 guys. You'd feel yeah. good probably. And I think if you're Washington, you say there's five tackles in bucket two, there's four guards, maybe five guards and three centers. There's 50, there's, what is that? Four, four, there's 10 guys. There's a pretty good likelihood one of those guys will be there at 48. And so you feel pretty good about that, I think. Yeah, definitely. Um, which obviously affects your decision-making at 16. It, def- it affects whether or not you trade back in the first round. Um, the one thing I'll say to wrap up this section real quick, though, is like going back to Skaronsky. If a, a field drill where it's like two reps of a drill yeah. is going to make him drop when every other indicator says he's the guy that is on tape, sign me up for that every day of the week. Like, cause we are dealing with incredibly small sample sizes at the combine. Sure. And that, by the way, it goes for the athletic testing as well. Like you, you stutter, stutter on one step of the 40 and you lose a 10th of a second. That's the difference between, you know, four, nine, five, five, oh, for an offensive lineman. And we're talking about one of the best versus like, ah, he's just an average athlete. Like the margins are very, very small and they can mm-hmm. be caused by a lot of different things. You know, uh, obviously it didn't really affect his final time that much, but Anthony Richardson probably could have broken four, four if he had just run in a straight right. line. Yeah. Like he, he ran four, four, three running a, a little, a, like a, a little mini S. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there's things like that, that 
by the way, teams look at this stuff because they actually watch tape of all the drills and they, they want to see, uh, you, you guys did a great job on command center with my guy, Chris Gores, uh, who was obviously on the pod with us last week, breaking down some of, of what to look for, but like teams actually watch the tape of how guys get in and out of cuts, whatever. Mm -hmm. But if you see it on film, like who knows, like they're sleeping in hotel beds. Maybe, yeah. maybe the guy, uh, Skaronsky had a bad bed and slept wrong on his hip. And that's why he was tight. I'd, I'd much rather rely on the tape. Like, obviously, you you want everything to match up. Yeah, um, and we'll see yeah. how he moves at his pro day. But, like, one thing is a inherently, or two reps of a drill is a very small sample size. And I understand that it's a, an important part. I'm not even trying to undersell it. It's an important part of the evaluation because everyone's on the same field, theoretically, the same yeah. playing field, uh, or literally they are on it, but theoretically they are, they're on equal footing. Um, and thus when, when a guy falls based off of one small thing and the tape is like, no, he's pretty good. And like, that wasn't an issue before. Um, I would say probably more often than not, that's going to work out. And, and if Peter Skaronsky is available at 16, I think commanders fans will be very happy. And I think that their happiness will be uh, validated for years to come. I, I think that's absolutely right. And, I, and like, so when I say that he wasn't, so I, I guess what I, what I'm saying with that is the film's good, but he's undersized. So you're hoping mm -hmm. that he comes out and looks like electric, just not even electric, just looks smooth. And so when it doesn't, you're kind of like, is he, can he, can, does he have the athletic traits to be uh Rashawn Slater? Cause essentially mm -hmm. their measurements are very similar. And Rashawn Slater was like a four, eight guy, you know, I think he was like a 37, you know, like he did a lot of really dynamic explosive things. The field work was like buttery smooth. And you're just kind of hoping for something like that. But to your point, I think another guy to talk about is break, break Blake Freeland from BYU. He's 6'7", he's 315 pounds, I think, and he like crushed the combine. He had a 37-inch vertical, he broke the record for offensive linemen, he ran a 4'9", he did all these things that were physically very good, right? Field work was a little bit choppy, but the, the explosive stuff was there. But then when you watch the film, and you watch him at the Senior Bowl, you kind of realize that he's going to have a hard time in pass protection at the next level because he just doesn't have that kind of, that play strength to sink his hips and anchor versus good bull rushers. So, in terms of, I'm not saying take, you know, take Blake Freeland over Skaronsky. I'm saying if I, I'm just not as confident. Like I was super confident in the tape of Skaronsky. And now just because the athletic measurements don't, they're close, but they're not quite there. I think he's probably a guard, which again, depreciates value, right? And I think he's going to be an excellent guard. And this, this organization's had a lot of success drafting tackles with guards. You know, Brandon Sheriff being exhibit A. I think he's that kind of player. So at 16, if he's there, I think you're ecstatic. But prior to the draft, prior to the combine, I didn't think he was going to get down here. Now I think there's a world where that could happen. We, you know, more reasonably happen, I guess is what I'm saying. And it's not to say he's a bad player. I just want to make that perfectly clear. Yeah, uh, I think the mock draft stuff is going to be really interesting on him in the next couple of weeks. Like I did, I did a prediction yesterday of like the 10 players I think are going to go top 10. Um, I, and I put... I actually did 11 because I said, if Jalen Carter and this thing plays out in a way that's bad, like obviously he drops out. And if he does, then I think Miles Murphy will take his, you know, his spot in the top 10. It was obviously not in the same exact draft position, yeah. but that was my, my bonus guy. Um, but Skaronsky was on it. Um, yeah. And, and I, and just, I think that's I think, reasonable. Yeah. Um, I might wind up missing that one. It might be Paris Johnson, but um, you know, we'll see. And, so and between think, the, between the two, just, just based on the combine and based in the film too, Paris yeah. Johnson's one of those guys that's just got, He's got that skyscraper upside, you know, because yeah. of the physical traits. And as much as we don't want to say it, like there are good times to bet on traits. And like, if you look historically, like offensive linemen with longer arms 
tend to play a little bit better. If they're, you know, six, six plus, they tend to be a little bit better. You know, if they run what, you know what I'm saying? Like it just, you're just yeah. playing percentages. And I, so I, I think there's a chance he slips out. I think it's a better chance now than before, but I still think yeah. he's a heck of a football player. Yeah. Um, but what I was going to say is like, as, as the Mel Kuypers and the Todd McShays and the Dane Bruglers and Daniel Jeremiah's talk to teams, especially in the top 10. And they're like, yeah, we actually really like Skaronsky. Like, yeah. don't let the combine fool you. Then, like, if he's still mocked in the top ten, well, I, I, I kind of feel like we'll know that answer of whether he'll be a top ten pick or not before draft night, um, or whether or not he's fallen. If he's all over the place in mocks, you know, I think there's, there's obviously a better chance. Yeah.